Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join, and they're giving a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You just have to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive those rewards. That is B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome to Believe in Everything Auburn. Jason Campbell and Taylor Davis here with you pretty normal week we're gonna talk about the Arkansas game I'm totally kidding we all know why we're here I know why all of our listeners are here Auburn has parted ways with head coach Brian Harson. the new era of Auburn football is on the horizon as we have moved on from our last head coach seemingly inevitable and certainly a talking point for a very long time arguably since he stepped foot on campus because of a lot of the concern over was he qualified was he ready and it seems like those questions in in a weird way have been answered and Auburn has chosen to move forward so it is semi-breaking obviously just happening over the past couple of days we have a new interim head coach stepping in former teammate of Jason's Cadillac Williams now takes the reins and the conversation continues about the next head coach. It's funny that I have to say continues because this conversation has been going on even before Harson departed from Auburn. So we are, of course, going to talk about all of it. We know that that's the hot button issue right now. So at the end of the day, this is a human that lost their job. This is a family that now has to start over and beyond Coach Harson, who is well taken care of because of the buyout. There are a lot of other people who are affected by this who will not have a $15.5 million safety net to fall into, okay? So I'm not in the business of celebrating something bad happening to somebody and their family, okay? So I want to preface with that. But this has felt like the right step for Auburn to take for some time now. And so I'm honestly just glad that the Band-Aid was ripped so that we can stop talking about it. We can stop having the distraction around every move that Harson makes, every loss that this team gains is a tick against him, and we were all waiting for the final shoe to drop. It is done. It is over with. We can move forward and put energy into the next head coach. So um, Jay talks to me about kind of the last couple of days and, and Auburn ultimately coming to the decision that we all did anticipate. Yeah, so much to talk about how uh, you think about this, uh, this situation. And, you know, like I always tell people, you know, in business and life and, and different things, a lot of things are all about the fit. And if the fit is not there, you can force it all you want, but it's not going to get a chance to have an opportunity to be corrected until changes are made. 
And in this situation, like you said, yes, families are affected and everything, but there's everyone that's affected in this situation. What about the Auburn family? What about the people that pay all the money to come to the games to watch these games on Saturday? The people that have to drive hours, book hotels and buy tickets, season tickets and everything like they want to see a product on the field that looks worth what they're giving and what they're spending. And when you look at our football team right now, it just looks like the energy had left the building. And it just seems like, you know, things wasn't looking up. I can understand if you're losing games and things are still looking in a positive direction. Right. But when you're losing games and as a player that understands has been in locker rooms and you see it just continuing to go south, then you start to lose the luster of your program. And what does that affect? That starts to affect the recruiting. And then once that starts to affect the recruiting, now you're hurting your program for even further more years. And yes, the transfer portal is out there. You've seen what Josh Heupel has done at Tennessee with the transfer portal, how fast he's flipped things along with recruits. So there is hope that this thing can get turned and flipped quickly. You know, once you get the right coach in there and you get there and, and he gets his people and, and we're able to to galvanize these guys and, and go and look into the transfer portal. And you you can figure out there are some guys and there are some guys that can come in and make a difference. And but the most important part is you gotta get back to figuring out what loyalty means and who loves Auburn. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people out there that's speaking right now and saying different things about the program and about the university. And sometimes you have to check your source. Yeah. Where did this person go to school at? Where did this person, you know, all these different things. Like some people are trying to sabotage your program as much as they possibly can because why? We are their rival. What's so their motive? They, yeah, their motive is to yeah. push recruits away from our university mm-hmm. and to push a hot name coach away from our university. So you have to understand what people motive. This is a chess match and sometimes it's played publicly and it should be played silently. But yeah. in this case, I always check my sources when people are just out there talking. And sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire sometimes. And whether you get answers or not, like you just don't know. But for everyone to always have an opinion on everything and have an opinion on what Auburn is doing. Yes. Auburn can say, Hey, they made a mistake, you know, they well, did. In, the, in the hire. And you can yeah. just honestly say, yes, they made a mistake. The wrong and they tried to see, was it going, okay, can we make the mistake? Right. Can we, can we let it keep going and see if it's going to fester into something? And then, but you see that it wasn't. And the more you try to force it, it doesn't has anything. It doesn't have anything to do with, Oh, the person's personality or is this and that or no things wasn't looking upward. And as long as you continue to ride that ship and it continues to sink and sink and sink and gets deeper, the further we fall behind. So at some point you have to cut your losses and say, Hey, you know, we appreciate you. And coach may be a great coach, you know, and and somewhere else, but it just wasn't a fit here from just an overall standpoint. And like you said, he gets paid hefty. Like there's the thing, like most people get fired. They don't get anything. They have to go find another job. In this situation, coaches, they have buyouts and these buyouts are huge. And you especially at Auburn. Yeah. Especially at Auburn, place like (laughs) Auburn. So you're paying him $15 million, 15 and a half to be exact. And he gets 7.5 within the next 30 days. So, you know, okay, you get fired, but here's a a early gift. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because my thing is what happens in these buyouts? How come coaches don't have to, just like an NFL contracts, 
players have to reach certain incentives before they can reach certain bonuses. Mm-hmm. So what's happening in these college sports? How come ADs are not putting in these contracts that coaches have to reach certain incentives, certain wins, uh, certain conference championships, certain opportunities at the playoffs before they reach certain amount of dollars within a contract? And if they get fired before that because you basically fired them because something didn't happen, whether it was unsuccessful or it didn't succeed, then how come you have to pay them more for leaving than them actually being the coach right. when you underachieve. If you was to keep Coach Harson through the rest of the season, like, yeah, I wasn't big on coaches being fired in the middle of the season, but in this situation, sometimes it called for that. Look at Matt Rule yeah, in Carolina. Too. Matt Rule gets fired. Carolina looks like a totally different football team from an energy standpoint the next two weeks. Exactly. Like instantly. So in this situation, it was time. It had to happen, and now you get an AD – a good amount of time to start his process of putting his list together and seeing how he want to go about it without it having to be rushed at the end of the season because you waited too long. Exactly. Yeah. I think at this point we all knew what the present was. Like I said, a couple of weeks ago, the writing was on the wall that this was not going to be our season and we knew what the present state was, but at some point you also get, to a position where you are hindering the future. And that is what has been happening as of late, whether recruiting or just, you know, culture. uh, That's where the fit was lacking for me. You know, he leaves Auburn with a nine and 12 record. And certainly that is not up to standards. You know, we, and so many, you know, were within reach and we just completely let it go. And, And I think some losses you look at, and can see because of the story of the game, the narrative of the score, you can see that it does fall directly on coaching, whether it's second half come aparts or unable to score down the stretch or lack of adjustment. So much of that is on the coach. And honestly, it never seemed like he enjoyed it here. It it did not seem like he enjoyed being the head coach at Auburn. He wasn't. And here's the thing. If you don't want to be a photocopy of Auburn coaches of old if you want to try and have your own brand that's one thing but complete refusal to buy in complete refusal to even attempt to understand and be involved that's where there's a total disconnect and it just felt like a square peg in a round hole it it never seemed to be the right fit for either party I really didn't get the sense that he really felt like it was best for him either so to me it 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 was inevitable to me it was only a matter of time and both sides knew that but I think that the next head coach Yes, there's an expectation on the field. You know, you've got a program like Auburn that has competed at a very high level. Our two biggest rivals, not far, you know, an earshot away from us, are competing for national championships, SEC championships regularly. We are in the recruiting battles with them. This is going to be a program that expects success on the field. I'm I'm never going to say otherwise, but... I think harm that was being done this year went beyond the field and that's where you have to intervene. And that's where a head coach has to come in. I really see some comparable things in the basketball program. Bruce Pearl came in and look, I mean, he had his own stuff that he had to deal with. No one is perfect. Okay. We're not expecting that, but Bruce Pearl came into an internally broken program. Okay. Not only were we not competing on the court culture, was hindered recruiting was non-existent 
fan buy-in had been dwindling for years. He built it from the inside out, but he kept the core of Auburn intact. And he wasn't from there. He, he had been at places that we rival, but he came in, he learned the blueprint, he learned the tradition, and he put his twist on it. And look at the success he built. I, I think that that's going to be what's needed. The, the success on the field is going to come. But if you don't start at the heart of this thing, it could just repeat what Harson did. You have to have someone who comes in with the care and the morale at the forefront and build it from the inside out. Well, yeah, culturally, it's the main thing. Like you said, Bruce Pearl came in and he turned this thing, but he understood the SEC culture. He understood how you got to get out recruit. He understands yeah. the energy that you have to give as a head coach. Like, yes, you want to be home sometimes, but you're paid to have to get on the road and go sit in some young man's house and try to recruit him to come to Auburn and try to convince him like this can be the best place for him to have an opportunity to succeed right. and, and, and beyond. So, it takes there's parallels in this thing and like i said to whom much is given much is required so if you get the big contracts you're not going to be able to chill it's just like a working person if you make six figures or more sometimes money it's going to require some travel and that's typically what happens like you're going to become a head coach at this level and you want to be successful look around right i can understand if okay if you see in progress we have lost seven or less eight SEC games and probably would have been eight of eight if the kid doesn't fumble the ball at the goal line against Missouri. Missouri, yeah. So most of the teams we have beat have been very mediocre football teams, like not even power fives. Right. So we haven't even beat the power five teams and or even been in the game late in the game, except for maybe once or twice. So that goes to tell you right there, that's a huge gap separation. Right. And sometimes you just got to say, hey, guys, this was a mistake and you know, and it is what it is. And Hey, we just got to move on and we got to just don't worry about the noise that we're going to hear and the chatter we're going to receive because you can't please everybody anyways. And if you're trying to do that, you're already looking at things the wrong way because not everyone's going to agree with what you're doing and not everyone knows what's going on within the program. So, yeah, you know, like I said, it's, um, it's unfortunate that the program is where it is right now, Yeah, but you got to stop the bleeding somewhere and start the repatch. And yeah. right now the repatch is happening. You know, Cadillac has been moved. My former teammate and friend has been moved to the head coaching position. Awesome. And I don't want everybody to think these miracles supposed to happen because Cadillac, I was right. the head coach. Uh, but one thing they had to release five or six other coaches that were brought in, you know, along with Harson. So they want to make sure that this is a clean slate when it comes to just a whole lot of things, I guess, dealing with the program that you can trust. But at the same time, I know Lack. His thing is to try to get these kids to play with high energy, yeah. try, to, try to play for each other, build some confidence back into each other, and just go out and enjoy the game. Have fun, yeah. play at a high level. We understand that there's going to be a coaching search going on. Like, we know that. But at the same time, go out and represent that emblem on the side of your helmet. Go out and represent that name on the back of your jersey. What do you have to lose right now? Right. There's nothing to lose. Just yeah. lay it all out there. Like, and, and if you're a player that's on the team now, guess what? The coach is coming in. He's going to watch these films and he's going to say, who was giving it there all when things weren't going their way? Like those are the type of guys you learn the most about because when everything's going, doing good and you got guys on the team talking about, well, man, I could have went to such and such. They over there winning now. Wrong attitude. Change what's going on here and make this team start winning. Yep. So if you want to be a winner, if you're a winner, it doesn't matter where you're at. You're going to try to do your best to compete at a high level. Mm -hmm. And so 
these guys got to understand they're basically in an interview process themselves. So true. For the next coach. So true. Cause that new head coach is going to come in here and need guys in the locker room to help kind of establish things. Who are they building it around? You get to show them that right now, even though you don't know who it is or when it's going to happen, there is something, this is all going to have a ripple effect. If you are sticking around next year, what you do here on out matters a lot. And I think that with Cadillac, you know, there is something about change that sometimes energizes things, especially change that, you know, was looming for so long. It was almost worse to just hear all the noise constantly. Now it's just a done deal, but also a guy that, man, the success that he attained and your team attained, obviously, but he gets it. Like he knows what it is to represent that logo, to have success in those games, you know? And I think sometimes an interim head coach that is an alum kind of jolts everyone a little bit. And it, you kind of feel like there's something to play for again, I guess. I don't know. It just, it, it's, it can be contagious. And so it, it may be exciting. Some of these players need to play better as well. But then there's also the concept of there's so much going on that these are still 18 to 22 year old kids that we got to understand that, Hey, these guys need a time to take a deep breath as well. Right. And kind of release the pressure. And, and I just think this is an opportunity over the next four weeks to go out and just play freely and just release that pressure and that tension and, and hear a different voice. You know, sometimes a different voice is needed. Totally. And, and this situation, like, like one thing I know about lack, he was a hard runner and mm -hmm. he was a hard player and he's going to expect these guys to come out and play with that type of enthusiasm and that type of energy. And like I said, we're not worried so much about S's and O's right yeah. now. Then we are just worrying about these guys just playing extremely hard for one right. another. And right. like I said, we, we will be short staff over the next four weeks. We're short staff. And it's a lot of pressure that's on him. There's a lot of pressure that's on the rest of the staff that is here. Dang, yeah. And like I said, some of these other guys, let's think about this, Taylor. They got relieved from the stuff that was going on. So, and True. they go home now and they taking a deep breath, but they still don't have to call a recruit. They still don't have to deal with the players that are here and try to figure out how can I comfort them and make sure that they're doing the things they need to do. How can we put in a game plan? How can we get through these next four weeks while they're, some of them are being paid buyouts to go on and, like I said, and get out of the situation? What about the coaches that are still stuck in the situation that's now got to try to help uplift the program? And so, also feel like there's a very good reality that they will not be retained when a new staff comes in. Right. And that's the toughest thing about this. And, you know, what I'm saying? Like I said, we're hoping some of these guys do, you know, because we need some guys like Cadillac that understands the program and yeah. know what it is to fight hard and work hard and to stay a part of our program. We've let some good ones get away from us before and it's paid off for other schools. And he will. <laughs> right. So we can't allow that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Example T. Will was one of ours. You I know, will forever be team and T. Will. One of our biggest recruiters, high energy and, and everything. And we just can't afford that anymore and, and everything. So, you know, I just hope everybody understands that, look, we need to get behind the guys that are still here, left coaching and understand, like, 
this is a tough situation for them and we need to get behind them and just encourage them and help in any way we possibly can to help build this family back together. Right. I I mean, that's what it has to be at the end of the day. Um, We'll put a bow on this Harson thing and then we're going to get into the hot names that are being discussed for the potential next head coach. And Jay and I will be honest and forthcoming about our thoughts on that. Um, So Brian Harson, like I said, departs Auburn with a nine and 12 record, including a loss to Houston in the Birmingham bowl. Um, He is owed 15 and a half million dollars in buyout with half due in 30 days. Since then offensive coordinator, Eric Keesaw tight end coach, Brad Bedell have also been fired as well as a couple internal guys and GM drew Fabianich, which surprised us because it was a fairly recent hire he came in with NFL experience and you know I think what's expected is that all of Harson's quote guys especially the Boise guys are gonna be gone you know I don't think anyone is expecting there's a chance any of them are retained some of them Jeff Schmetting the defensive coordinator is still currently on staff uh likely because who else is calling plays on the defensive side kind of thing but the the GM was brought in fairly recently and you know that one is kind of confusing but it's the first of many I do want to clear up though there's been a misconception that these followings that happened late yesterday were Cadillac's doing no they weren't oh they wasn't no, it wasn't. Cadillac's I want to clear doing. that. Yeah, he didn't do any firing or right. iron. You know, that was. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, so that wasn't him. That's definitely higher up. Cadillac steps in as interim and is, you know, tasked with the game that we have in five days, everyone. Let's, <laughs> we still have a game to play, you know. Those firings, he didn't come in as interim and just start like shooting everyone out of here. So <laughs> I wanted to clear that up. I saw that all over Twitter. I was like, no, 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 that's not how that works. Yeah, yeah. See, that's misconception again. Exactly. So just wanted to clear that up. That was not Cadillac's doing. But I mean, that's that's also inevitable, okay? It's going to happen that all of those guys are, are going to likely be gone yeah, because, by the end of the season what other reason would they want to help auburn if if their guy was harson no, they were they here for harson him then that's <laughs> my whole thing <laughs> that has been my whole thing i'm so irritated about the negative personification of auburn through all of this was it handled perfectly absolutely not but i hate the negative connotation that is now being associated with auburn and everyone saying that we didn't give harson a fair shake what has Tennessee done to spoon feed Josh Heupel to his success? You, you, I'm sorry. No head coach, especially one that has not been proven in the SEC, is going to come into a situation like this and be like walked through it slowly with love. No, you Why are expected to perform. Him? Why do you always talk about Auburn, but then Tennessee go through this with Pruitt? Oh. And that's you, how they ended oh, up with Josh Heupel? They had pitchforks. <laughs> Give it. Literally one more month, right. Jimbo Fisher is going to be run out of right. College Station. You just are, I don't like that it's all these, you know, fingers being pointed at Auburn as if we're some evil fan base with unrealistic expectations. No one in the SEC has realistic expectations, okay? Literally no Before one. Before Nick Saban got the Alabama. Look yeah. how many coaches did they go through within a seven-year period? I'm sorry. It, this was not Auburn's yeah. fault. Yeah, people want to talk about, well, Auburn's doing this, Auburn's doing that. No. Okay, for you guys out there speaking, your university went through about seven coaches within a matter of four years. Yes. And till you got Nick Saban. Tennessee mm-hmm. went through a number of three or four coaches before they got Josh Heifel. Right. I, like, Trial at, and error yeah. could be part of this. And yeah. I, I don't think that it's fair to paint 
Brian Harson as the victim. Were some shady things done 100%? But I think that in today's age of college football and the difficulties that you are up against as a coach, you have to be clicking on all cylinders. You have to buy into the program that you're at. And you have to have a plan of action that fan bases are seeing implemented. There was none of that. I even think from the jump, his hires were wrong. Mike Bobo was not the right offensive coordinator to bring in there. Bringing in someone with SEC ties, smart. Mike Bobo, no. And then when that didn't work, you reverted back to your comfort zone of bringing in your Boise guys. Then your entire staff were also people who didn't get it and didn't try to get it. I'm not knocking any of them, but I'm just saying the perception out there that this was Auburn's fault and that Auburn drove him to failure is incorrect. Did the fan base get kind of up in arms and do the boosters probably handle things improperly at times because there's money involved? Yeah, but show me an SEC program that isn't doing that, okay? I just don't like the the connotation around Auburn right now because I think that at the end of the day, the coaching hire was wrong. He didn't do what was necessary to make it right, and this is the result of it. But where one door closes, another opens. And that is where we turn our focus to as Auburn is underway in a new head coach hunt. But a key piece of that was the hiring of a new athletic director, which also happened this weekend. Auburn has hired Mississippi State AD John Cohen, a heftier salary than what Alan Green was making, interestingly enough. He's at $1.5 million annually for five years, and Alan was more in the six-figure range, so that's interesting. But uh, he's been at Mississippi State since 2016. That's actually his alma mater as well. He was the baseball coach from 2009 to 2016 before stepping into the athletic director role. And I think a lot of people were maybe confused on why he would depart Mississippi State. Like, doesn't it seem kind of redundant? But I think Auburn, you know, there's a lot of potential for big moves right now, given the the current status of Auburn. He knows that he's going to get, you know, a head football coach hire. It's one of his top tasks. There is also a large, um, you know, piece of intrigue for athletic directors as well as potential head coaches around Auburn's NIL right now. And I know that's something that you've also, you know, had your hand in. There's 11 mil plus in NIL right now, and it's steadily growing. And I think that that's really an intriguing piece for an athletic director and a head coach to know that you're going to have that as a resource to, to utilize. So um, ultimately, John Cohen gets the job and will now be tasked with a head coach search. So he will have to hit the ground running. That is for sure. But let's talk about some of the names that are floating and I, I mean, it's it goes without saying that the loudest has been Deion Sanders as of late. That's the name that everyone wants to talk about. That's the name that experts, if you're not watching us on video, I just put major air quotes, experts, who the frick is even deemed an expert these days, I swear, say that Auburn should and that that should be the first call and it's a, a dead giveaway. So let's kind of break it down. I actually did a poll on my Instagram story with the top four names that were coming out yesterday. And that was Lane Kiffin, Deion Sanders, Hugh Freeze, and Matt Rule. And Dion won my poll. So it's obviously a name that garners excitement and creates hype around because he's been such a, a figure in college football this year. And, and look, what he's done in the FCS is incredible. I mean, it's it's been quick success. It's been hype. I mean, they had college game day this past week. That, that's amazing. 
But but let's talk about this in in realistic, you know, components of a head coach because while I think recruiting absolutely, excitement and energy back around the program absolutely. But our problem with Brian Harson from the beginning was that what proof do we have that he can succeed on the field in the SEC? That same question is prevalent with Deion Sanders, but no one's talking about it. But I think that that is a component that you have to be realistic about. Competition levels up. Challenges of recruiting level up when you are in the SEC and when you are at Auburn. Is he proven enough? Is he experienced enough to step into a program that wants to succeed right now? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I know everyone had asked me yesterday about uh, the Dion, about Dion. And mm-hmm. one thing I have for Dion is the utmost respect. Yep, we you all know, do. Uh, a guy that, you know, has changed the platform at HBCU. Totally. And the reason he got into the HBCU was to give them opportunities and, and different aspects and platforms that they wasn't wasn't getting in b- before. Money is not the issue for right. him. And I just feel like, you know, as an African-American you know, I was having this conversation with somebody. I said it would be tough for me to see him leave the HBCU. Sure. After such a short stint when he's helped turn things so fast, so quickly. So true. You want to see more of what he can do for the programs of the HBCU, giving these kids opportunities and platforms that they've never had. Yeah. And my dad went to HBCU and so I understand like going to HBCUs when I was a kid growing up like what it means to the culture. And if you want to become legendary, he's becoming legendary in a bigger way than just football. He's getting an opportunity to put his hands on young men that and be able to touch them and groom them into leaders. Once they leave the Jackson State program, they are now in society where they are becoming leaders, that they can learn to become great husbands, great fathers, which goes well beyond football. And I just feel like... He can galvanize a room, sure. Will Auburn welcome him? Sure. But at the same time, I would feel the HBCU would be losing a huge blow yeah. to the to the community and to that and to the culture of what he's building. Because yeah. he comes to the SEC, you become another coach. And yes, his name is big, so a lot of it's gonna come with it. But at the same time, when you're at the HBCU, look like you just said, college game day, good morning, America, mm-hmm. all these different, you know, they now have a SWAC combine for kids now to get their own combine for NFL scouts to come watch. It's incredible. GMs just coming to practice. All these different things are happening that he's helping out with Jackson State. And it's not just Jackson State. It's the whole entire conference yeah. and everything. And he's bringing recognition. And I would just like to see that extended, you know, like yeah. personally, just from from that level because of what he's doing to affect the community. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And here's the thing. We need to have patience, whoever the heck we announce as our head coach. I think that that's one thing that I would agree with in terms of of Auburn. And I said this on a couple episodes ago that we have to stop thinking that we are right, but right there with Alabama and Georgia. We're not right now. And as soon as we kind of change our perception around 
where we are and and where we still have to go, I think we'll be better equipped to handle the ebbs and flows. We can get back there, but it takes time. Yes, but patience is needed, especially when you are about to have a whole new crop of people come in, okay? Patience is needed. It is not always going to happen the way it's happening on Rocky Top. Like I said, like, but his name will come up on every college board across America. I mean, he straight up said on game day, they asked him and he said, I would be lying if I told you I'm not going to entertain them when they call because I'm gonna. Right. And that's honesty. You know what I'm saying? But in his heart, though, I think he wants to stay put where he's at and continue to build and change. They just now getting TV deals. I know. So it's great to see. I admire what he's doing and everything. So I I would just be, it would be tough just to see him leave that of what he's doing. You know, that's all. So that's obviously the top one. The next one on, you know, the top of potentials is Lane Kiffin. And <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I actually see it. I I think that this one is actually a very real possibility. And I would be most excited about it because of Lane and Robbie Ashford. I was watching Robbie in the Ole Miss game and I was thinking, you know, Lane is watching him from the sideline, just like chomping at that. Like if I could get my hands on this kid, he reminds size is very different, but his play style, Matt Corral, Matt Corral did not have the makings of an incredible quarterback. I saw him earlier in his career with Matt Luke. He had to be molded and fine-tuned. He had the raw athletic ability specifically running and, and making something with his legs. He became incredible because of Lane Kiffin. I think that Robbie's skill set is so in line with what Lane can do with quarterbacks that I actually think offensively Lane makes a lot of sense. But the argument is there. Why would he take it? Why would he? To a lot of people, this is a lateral move head coach at Ole Miss to head coach at Auburn. Obviously, we think there's a substantial argument to Auburn. If you look at the Auburn and Ole Miss record over the last 25 years, totally, we've beat them quadruple more than they beat us. But with that change in expectation, I would argue that your job security is much more intact in Oxford than in Auburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. So he knows that. And Auburn, like I said, he plays Alabama and LSU every year at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. But the expectation is different. Right. When you play Auburn and LSU, and then you come to Auburn, you play I – mean, you come to Auburn, now you got to play LSU, Georgia, and Bama all in the same year, mm-hmm. every year, unless they do something differently when the other when the other two teams come to the conference. Yeah. So it is a different leap. And at the same time, Auburn has had – years where they competed for championships that's true and 04 we was undefeated should have played the bcs championship 2010 we go so to the true. bscs championship and we win 2013 we was mm-hmm. right back in the bcs championship 2017 we should have been in the playoffs if we didn't have to beat bama and george beat georgia that was georgia number twice. one bama that was number one and then turn around and play georgia again yeah a week after you just played bama you just play your two toughest route back to back that's hard for anybody and true. then all of a sudden you lose in the SEC championship. So now you don't go to the playoffs, but that team was really good enough to go to the playoffs. Yeah. So we've only been a few years away from getting back to that type of level. So if you look at over the years, when was the last time Ole Miss, they just had their first 10 win season. Like let that sink in. They just had their first 10 win season. So we've had years where we competed for championships. So that just means to me that 
his name, well, yes, it would galvanize recruits where guys, especially receivers, especially yeah. like running backs and quarterbacks, you want to talk about, they're going to look at that and be like, oh, they are jump at that, that really quick because yep. they know his offense can do. Problem is, Lane has never had a defense. Yeah. And his biggest hire would have to be a defensive coordinator. T-Will. Yeah, that's a great name. <laughs> that is a great name. And, oh. uh, you know, and I'm sure T-Will name will come up as an opportunity for a defensive coordinator. Yeah. So there's just parameters to this. And like I said, Lane has been at big programs before. And will he come in and, and will it be very interesting to him? I guarantee you he's thinking about it. I'm sure. You I know. think that money also talks and yeah. Auburn is prepared to fork it out for him. I feel like right now we need to decide what we care most about. Do we care about recruiting the most? Do we care about rebuilding the culture the most? Do we care about competing for a national championship quick? I think depending on the top potential of the powers at hand, that's going to affect the coach that is hired because I think each one that is being discussed right now is going to tackle a different thing more effectively than the other. That's true. That's true. Okay, so the other two that I put on my poll that were most common yesterday, and then we'll talk about a couple outliers that are kind of trickling, um, Hugh Freeze and Matt Rule. Hugh Freeze, though, Liberty just signed him to a hefty extension. They knew. They were like, we got to get on this. Do you know Hugh Freeze had a daughter or two that graduated from Auburn? Yep. So he has Auburn ties. He knows about Auburn. He knows the spirit of Auburn. He knows the – the, the culture about Auburn. He know he's been in the SEC. Look what he did at Ole Miss when he had the opportunity. So true. And the fact that what happened when he was at Ole Miss, I think from his standpoint, be given a second opportunity. Look at Bruce Pearl. Redemption. Bruce Pearl was given a second opportunity for redemption. And look what he's done at Auburn. So true. He's been loyal to Auburn. Other schools have come calling. They have come yep. offering. And he has said he will not leave Auburn. He's going to retire at Auburn. Mm -hmm. And why? Because Auburn gave him the second opportunity to have a redemption story. So if you look at Hugh Freeze, if he was to come to Auburn and and everyone knows what he did with Malik Willis. Everybody knows what he's doing. Liberty is ranked in the top 25. Come I on. know. You know what I'm saying? Like Liberty. And, and you put it in a situation, a thought process, you're like, okay, if this guy was to come here, he's going to want to succeed so badly. Yeah. And he's going to want to be so loyal to the program and to the Auburn family that he's not going to willing to leave. If he has success, he's not trying to go anywhere because he's looking at this was, they gave me the second chance at a major job after what I went through. And I owe it for them to give me this opportunity i'm gonna do everything in my willpower to recruit like crazy to put the best coaching staff together like crazy and give it my all to show them that they made the right decision i'm not coming wow. to auburn for the come up i'm yep. coming to auburn to help them win that is such a good point jason i think you want someone who wants to build their name with auburn not just build their name yeah it's just like i said like you want to make sure that you come to auburn it's not a come up. He's yep. getting five million a year at Liberty. Right. You know what I'm saying? But the thing is, you want to coach at the highest pinnacle. The highest pinnacle is in the, the SEC. SEC. Especially since he was there. And since he was there, and it's kind of yeah. like unfinished business. It I didn't get a chance to way. see what it would have been like. It's mm -hmm. in his mindset. Like, I wonder what it would be like if I didn't make the mistakes that I made. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of that bothers him as a competitor to the point where it's not about the money. It's about the opportunity to finish what I started. Yeah. Okay. We got a strong argument for that one too. And think about Dion. Dion would be the first African-American, well now Lack is, but permanently he would be the first African-American coach at Auburn, which would be a major, major deal. Yeah. But like I say though, I would just feel like from an African-American community, you lose the most of him in the HBCU right now. I know. That's the right moment. when it's starting to like right when turn. it's starting to like yeah, it's just starting yeah. to mix. You know, yeah. it's just starting to you putting the ingredients in there. You know, it's dinner's true. not done yet. It's almost, <laughs> but it's not done yet. You know, it always comes back to food with you. <laughs> um, okay, and then the fourth uh, big name that was talked about is Matt Rule. Hmm. Obviously, former Baylor coach. He also spent time at Temple and then was hired confusingly as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers and we all know how that turned out not very well and he was fired this year after it was called for also for a very long time I hate that option I'm going to be completely honest my opinion doesn't matter very much but I I don't think that's the right fit at all I think there are other options that would fit better than that one. Well, <laughs> let's just, let's just really say this. They the help cover you on this one. Relationships matter. Yeah. And I don't really know Coach Bat Rule. And some of the relationship things that I've heard from people, you know, is that that could be an issue. Very but the thing in his fairness, when it comes to college football, Coach Saban was not really well liked. That's so people. true. That's and so Coach true. Saban wasn't successful at Miami dealing with grown men. But in college level, he's become the best coach of all times. So maybe Matt Rule understands the college level of dealing with young athletes and getting the best out of understanding the college game, but not understanding the pro game. So you're so right. And I think the development piece of college football was his favorite. And mm-hmm. he certainly has, you know, a resume of guys that he did help develop that have done right. great things. And in the NFL, you don't really get to do that. You're dealing with right. professionals who are going to be reluctant to your coaching, especially one that hasn't been proven on that level. He didn't seem happy. He didn't right. seem like he enjoyed it. And whether that was NFL or just the Panthers, because the Panthers had some, you know, tough times as well. I'm not sure, but he didn't seem like he was enjoying it. And I think it's the tale as old as time. Like all that glitters isn't gold. Like sometimes right. if you have, if you are a really successful coordinator, don't force your way into a head cut. Co- I think Will Muschamp was a great coordinator. I don't think he was a good head coach. And sometimes you force yourself to something bigger because you think it's going to be better. But if your knack and your talent and your your passion is at this, if it's a coordinator, not a head coach, if it's college, not NFL, know that enough because sometimes you force something that wasn't right for you. Right. So that might be Matt Rule. And I think Matt Rule would be a really good college coach. Do you think (laughs) he could be a good coach at Auburn? I don't know. When I think about other guys is out there, you know, Matt Campbell, Iowa State, what he's done for that program. And, you know, they don't get the same athletes as other teams in the Big Ten. And he's yeah. done a really good job. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. I That's thought his great my sleeper. to leave was after last year. And Luke Fickle is an awesome coach. And he's a, a great person out here. He and is. And everything. And I know a lot of people in the Ohio area that really loves him. So he's yep. another name that could be thrown out there. 
and uh, as well. So, you know, there's just there's just names. And I even mentioned this as a funny thing last night to, to one of my friends. I said, what if Mike Tomlin was just tired of kind of, you know, he's been in Pittsburgh for 20 yeah. years. And, you know, what if he wanted to come to the college level? And, you know, he's a high energy guy. He's been a head coach for a long time. He's been in two Super Bowls. He instantly would like get people to want to jump on board. That's true. I say, you know, that's another name you can throw out there. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there's there's some coaches that they can take their time and kind of like sort through this. Yeah. And don't worry about, you know, so much what fans want, so much what you can't else please wants. everybody. Right. Just do what you feel like is in the best interest of the program. Yeah. And like I said, there's a lot of good quality candidates. There are. I think Mark Stoops should be talked about. Yes, from Kentucky. I like Mark Stoops. I like Stoops a lot. Just bring his brother, the defensive coordinator. (laughs) Okay. That's my only thing. Leave the defensive coordinator. Leave your brother. Separate the separate a little bit. You know because defensive his his brother got his his other brother in trouble at Oklahoma. I know. And he had to part ways. Yeah. And Mark Stoops would be a another really good name. I like the name. If he like can recruit name. at Kentucky, oh yeah, he could recruit at Auburn. I and mean, he like probably would want a change. I think so too. And honestly, you know, right. Kentucky has really built and established and done great things, but they're not going to compete with Georgia and Tennessee. They're not. Not where these programs are for the next right. probably four to five years, Ooh, and ten. then Florida. <laughs> Florida's got to figure their crap out. I mean, they just released Brendan Cox, who is was talked about as a very high NFL potential. So I don't know what's going on there. But um, I, I yeah, I think Stoops. If you're looking internally at the SEC, you know, one that no one has talked about, and I'm kind of confused why is Dave Aranda. Mm. I mean, like he had he obviously was very successful at LSU has gone on to Baylor and has, you know, settled in very well there. And and Baylor continues to succeed with his sec tie specifically sec West. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that that name hasn't popped up more. Well, you never know. You never know. It's <laughs> you know. early. It you know, is early. All, everyone looking at a list and a list that we all have, maybe a separate list is on the desk of, uh, as, uh, you know, Cohen and yeah, presidents. It's so true. Okay, so let me ask you a yes or no question, Mm -hmm. and you can't do your whole well and try and get out of it. Yes or no? Was firing Harson at this point the right thing to do? Yes. Okay. Was the four names that I put on my Instagram story: Dion Lane, Hugh Freeze, and Matt Rule. Is Auburn's future head coach one of those four? Oh, man. And also, this is just your guess. No, no, no. Yes, I think so. Okay. All right. One of those four. Guys, it's going to get interesting as if it hasn't. (laughs) The difference is it's been interesting for a while in kind of like a sad, ugly way. Now it gets interesting with like some excitement, you know? And so I think that we can all be be invested in that, that, you know, hopefully good is on the horizon. Well, you can stop the Twitter feed out there every time you – well, that one, uh, like uh, yeah, every time like, we like, do anything, it's like fire Harson. Okay. Well they did. Let's move on. Okay. Right. You know, let things happen. And like I said, like the Harson era, it happened, it went, and now it's over. Yep. Like let it be over and, and just be gone from it, exactly. you know, like and everything. And like I said, you wish him the best yeah. in, in his endeavors. And like I said, you know, he's a good college coach, mm-hmm. you know, he done a great job at Boise. It just wasn't a good fit 
for Auburn. Yeah. And 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 understanding the culture of what it takes as an SEC coach. And right. that's nothing to bash him about. It just wasn't a good fit. And if you was in his shoes, you'd have jumped at the opportunity too. If someone want to pay five million dollars a year, just because things have been kind of rough lately, we don't have to stay there. Right. We can continue to get better. So, you know, people just got to change the narrative. Totally agree. And uh, look, there's a game to be played this weekend. So we've got Mississippi State, ironically, for our new athletic director, John Cohen. Really strange how that one worked out. 6.30 Central Time on ESPN2. Mississippi State enters this one coming off a bye week. Prior to that, they lost pretty handedly to Alabama. They have beaten Memphis, Arizona, Bowling Green, Texas A&M, and Arkansas, who obviously we fell to this past weekend, 41-27, to which was the worst since 2012. We only trailed by four points at halftime, but who the frick even wants to talk about that? So this week we've got Mississippi State. They did defeat Arkansas so far this season. They have lost to LSU, Kentucky, and Alabama. They have put up 39 or more points in each of their wins. Obviously, an offensive team with quarterback Will Rogers, who actually broke the school record for single-game passing touchdowns versus Auburn last year with six. So this is a guy who has been able to light it up against this Auburn defense. But in games like this, stats and X's and O's and narrative of season are kind of out the window because this is a whole new day and experience for Auburn with Cadillac Williams in, as interim head coach and a lot of changes inevitable. You know, I do think that there is an expectation that we will see some more names enter the transfer portal. I think that that's pretty common that guys will, will kind of get feelers. Zavion Capers already entered today. Um, but everyone just has to, you know, stay positive, stay hopeful and know that this thing's going to get worked out in, in the right way and, and in the right time. So until then, everybody enjoy the week, stay up on all the news and we'll try to as well. And we'll keep you honest on everything that we know moving forward as season kind of wraps up and the hunt continues. We'll see how all of this works out, but we're really close to basketball season, people. Just a few days away, and Auburn plays an exhibition game in Neville Arena. So it is almost basketball season on the Plains, which is also an exciting time. Hope everyone had a fantastic Halloween. It has been spooky around Auburn lately, but better times ahead. On to the next. Yep, All right, everybody. Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, it's almost turkey time. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Make sure you subscribe. If you have not already, you can do that in the podcast app and you will get a notification every time we release an episode. We will, of course, be back next week to break down all the ever-changing actions and make sure you keep it locked. And we will talk soon. War Eagle. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.